2: Yen it's time for the host plus Cup show that's a plus with Mark Braybook. And a very good afternoon. Welcome to the program on this Wednesday. It's all thanks to Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians. Plenty to get through in the next hour. We're going to have a chat uh, very shortly with Carmichael Hunt, who is a Premiership-winning coach now for the South Logan Magpies after the Magpies upset the uh, Townsville Blackhawks in the Malmaninga Cup. But we'll talk to Carmichael a little bit later, catch up with Burley Bears coach Rick Stone to find out about the Bears and their season so far and their match this weekend. And we're also going to be... Uh, catching up with the uh, coach of the Sunshine Coast Falcons a little bit later on the program as well, but more about that later. Um, now it's time to say a very good afternoon as we do first up each Wednesday on the Host Plus Cup show to Dave Maiden from the QRL. G'day, mate. How are you? Afternoon, Mark.
1: Afternoon, listeners. Great day to be alive.
2: Yeah, what a cracking game it was uh, for South Logan to win the Premier, the uh, the Malmeninger Cup final on Sunday there at Sunshine Coast Stadium. A bit of an upset because I think you and I and a lot of people thought that Townsville might be too good but the Magpies had different ideas.
1: Yeah look they were always going to be very strong South. Um, You know if they performed to their capabilities then they showed that in the first half. Now pretty phenomenal how they they jumped out of the dummy half. Uh, Man of match was Lake Moser. He's one to keep an eye on for the future and He was really good out of dummy half along with Jai Gray in the halves. And and they dominated Townsville in the first half. I think they were leading 28-6. But to Townsville's credit, they came back and and actually pushed it to within six points. So it was was a cracking game in rugby league. There's some phenomenal talent on show. And, and, you know, uh, the future of our game looks bright.
2: Yeah, we'll find out from Carmichael how he rode that roller coaster uh, during the afternoon. But, yeah, premiership, Premiership success... In his first year of coaching, and uh, it bears um, great uh, testament to South Slagan and the development of their juniors there. And hopefully, those players now will find excuse me find their way through the grades and find themselves in the host plus cup uh, competition in the years to come. Speaking of which, uh, last weekend, of course, it was a split round. We had the first matches that were being played um, and we had um, some interesting results with the Blackhawks just getting over the Dolphins in the early game at uh, Morton Daly Stadium, 29-28. The Winham Seagulls defeated the Tweed Seagulls, 38-34, and poor old Tweed had to go to Tugan because of all the rain on the Gold Coast. And I saw somewhere today, Dave, um, Uh, Gold Coast Turf Club, since January 1, this is just the Gold Coast Turf Club, their readings, they've had 1,250 mil of rain in the first four months of the year. So you can understand the poor old Tweed, um, the problems they've had, and once again, they had to move on the weekend.
1: Yeah, look, they've had it tough the last few years, Tweed. You know, being based south of the border, they were interrupted by COVID for the last two seasons. And And then obviously the rain that they've had this year, which is, very North Queenslandish in terms of how much the, the depth and, and quantity of rain that they've had. So Pigovine doesn't cope with uh, with a lot of water. So 1.2 metres of rain is way too much for it. So they've had to move, and, and thankfully they got some great clubs down there to support them. And, mm. and, and Chugan, it, you know, it's a great place to go and watch the footy as well. So um, they've, they've been fairly nomadic over the last. Uh, the last 12 months' tweet, and it uh, wasn't helped on the weekend.
2: And the Mackay cutters, too good for the Tigers, 24-12, the Tigers' first loss of the year, um, and Mackay bouncing back to a bit of form.
1: Yeah, look, it's the first time the Tigers have had to travel this year, and maybe they didn't cope with that. I'm yeah. not sure. I haven't seen the the, the highlights of that game, but um, to be fair, Mackay have been performing well all year season as well. They've been quite consistent. I did see them against the Sunny Coast a week before, and they they threw up quite a bit. and New coach Dave Elliott has done a really good job with them. So, you know, that's probably not unexpected. But, uh, you know, tw- uh, Tigers have been performing really well. So we probably both expected them to win that game.
2: And the final game was the Sunshine Coast 48 over the Jets 18 at Sunny Coast Stadium on Sunday, which means... Um, they moved to the top of the table on four and against. Of course, they've played one extra game than the other teams they're on ten points with, but uh, the Sunshine Coast Falcons, they're going along rather nicely at the moment, and I think we discussed this last week, sort of under the radar a little bit, but teams will start to take notice now when you're on top of the table.
1: Yeah, look, Coach Brad Henderson's done a really good job with them. They they were flying under the radar to start with because they didn't have a lot of Storm players coming back, and they were still getting the results. Uh, They're starting to get a few uh, a few players back now and, and it's, you know, they're just starting to, to really hit their straps and play some really good footy they've got some, some quality sign there that, that they're able to uh, throw and unleash at their opponents and they played some great footy last weekend, you know, Ipswich showed up to play rugby league but uh, the Sunshine Falcons, Coast Falcons were just way too strong
2: we also had the uh, chairman's the forex chairman's challenge over the weekend, where the Gold Coast Vikings were successful. Brisbane Red, Brisbane Blue, Gold Coast, and Ipswich uh, did battle in those over two days, and in the end, it was the Gold Coast Vikings that uh, that won that. They defeated Brisbane Blue eighteen twelve, um, and they defeated Ipswich forty points to twelve. Brisbane Red um, defeated Brisbane Blue twenty six six and drew with Ipswich twenty four all. So that was the forex chairman's challenge over the weekend. Now, if Anyone is watching, or hopefully people are watching on Sunday afternoon um, on the coverage, the Q Plus coverage of the Host Plus Cup, we've got the opportunity for them to find out the successful towns in Country Week this uh, year, Dave.
1: Yeah, look, this is something we're always excited about. We love our Activate Queensland Country Week. It's a fantastic opportunity to get out and showcase our, our product to the regional towns and and this year is no different. We're going to uh, three or four venues that have never hosted a, a Cup a game before. So really looking forward to that announcement. The Minister's going to make an announcement at halftime of our Host Plus Cup game. I think it's South and Burley on this Sunday.
2: It is, yeah. South, Logan and Burley at Davies Park. So South, Logan back to Davies Park on Sunday for that game 2-10. So halftime the announcement. I remember a couple of years ago when I was calling the Host Plus Cup or the uh, the Q Cup back then. Um, it was Nanango the weekend we went uh, Country Week um, when I was doing the Channel 9 commentary. So we were in Nanango. It was fantastic. Loved driving into Nanango because the, the peanut stall, that van that's on the left hand side as you're driving into Nanango Scotty Sattler and I just um, well we stopped off and we stacked up on those beautiful peanut brittles and every sorts of peanuts you want. So that is my memory and a big crowd at Nanango as well. It's a wonderful weekend the Country Week.
1: Oh, like it is it's uh, you know we really get involved in our in our uh, with the communities that we go out to uh, you're proud of our clubs in terms of how they interact and make sure that they open their doors and and uh, they make sure that they showcase what they have to offer and and the, the services that they do and the education that they can provide so and it's also an opportunity for for regional towns to to see you know high standard rugby league right on their doorstep don 't have to leave and, and all proceeds go to to the host club or, or the juniors and seniors in the, the host venue. So it's an initiative we're very proud of. Um, it's a great weekend. Really looking forward to it. I've already locked in mind where I'm going this week. Oh. This year I'm going to have to keep that under wraps until <laughs> last Sunday. But uh, uh, really, you know, I, I take my family and we go and we spend the whole weekend in community and, and really enjoy the occasion because it's an absolute cracking weekend.
2: It is. Now, some other news around uh, the Host Plus Cup. Of course, Rowan Smith is on his way to Leeds. And the North Devils of this morning announced that Kevin Neighbour and Ben King, who have been his uh, assistants for the last couple of years for the past two seasons, are going to be co-coaches for the remainder of this season. And it doesn't surprise me with Norse. They're sticking solid. Why change a winning combination? They've been there uh, to taste premiership success. They will be the smoothest transition I think you'd find, wouldn't you? Just makes common sense, doesn't it, Dave?
1: Yeah, look, that's testament to the, the culture that's been established by Rowan and, and Troy Rivella, the CEO there, you know, over the last three or four years. So the fact that they're, they're, they have highly competent assistant coaches that can step into that role and, and continue to support the, the club in, in the best way possible, I think that's a real true testament to, to what Rowan's left and a and legacy that he's left in our competition. So both Kevin and Ben have been involved in our competitions for a long time They know what the expectations are. They're highly competent in their own right, and I expect them to to not miss a beat, Norse. They'll they'll continue to play the quality brand of football that they've been playing over the last few
2: years. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of Norse and speaking of uh, heading to the country, there's three games this weekend, two of them in the regions. The first game Saturday afternoon. The PNG Hunters are playing at the mighty Clive Berghoff Stadium up on the range at Toowoomba. They take on the Devils at 3 o'clock. That's going to be tough for the Hunters.
1: Yeah, look... uh, (laughs) The thing that'll make that tougher is that there's a polar front coming through. So PNG really <laughs> won't enjoy that. I won't enjoy that because I'm heading up there as well to watch that game. But uh, the, uh, the Clyde Berghoff Stadium up there is fantastic. The old Athletic Oval is a magic place to actually watch rugby league. And I'm sure that the, the locals will get out and support that one. And I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to this game. You know? mm. I think it'll be a, a cracking weekend of footy.
2: Should be. And what a weekend in Rocky. They've got the Archer on Saturday afternoon. And then everyone can head from the races to Brown Park as the Capras take on the Pride. And that's the match you'll hear here on SEN with myself and also Nathan Cross on Saturday night. That's a six o'clock kickoff. And uh, the Capras and the Pride, the Pride found a bit of form last, last, well, not last week, two weeks ago. And that should be a cracking game as well.
1: Always is. It's a tough trip, that one, because it's a charter that comes down from Cairns to Rocky and and you land just before the game, and then you get out, and you come and face a hostile crowd. And and there's never any love lost between the North Queensland or Central Queensland, North Queensland rivals. And, you know, I've done that trip a few times myself, (laughs) and uh, it's never an easy trip. And with the Capras flying high up near the top of the table, the Pride are going to have to be on their game to to get any points out of this one.
2: And as we mentioned, the Magpies and the Bears, two ten Sunday afternoon. That's at Davies Park. Uh, we'll speak with Rick Stone about that game uh, very shortly. Good on you, mate. Thanks for your time. Enjoy Toowoomba, and we will chat next week, and we'll know the venues for Country Week. They'll be announced half-time uh, in the Q Plus coverage of the Magpies and the Bears Sunday afternoon, so we'll go through those, and you'll be able to tell us where you're going to be heading to. Chat to you next week.
1: No worries. Thanks, Mark. Talk to you soon.
2: There he is, Dave Maiden from the QRL with his wrap on the weekend. And uh, yeah, we'll speak to Carmichael Hunt a little bit later in the program about South Logan's big win in the Mal Meninga Cup. We'll speak to Rick Stone and Brad Henderson from the Sunshine Coast Falcons. So we've got a busy show ahead. We better get to it. It's all thanks to Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. A break and back with more. We're back. It's the Host Plus Cup Show on SEN. Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians. Wednesday afternoon, Mark Raybrook with you. Uh, the match we'll be broadcasting this weekend is between the Central Capras and the Northern Pride on Saturday night, 6 o'clock. kickoff. myself and Nathan Cross. There's three games this weekend in the split round. Saturday afternoon, as I mentioned, the Hunters and the Devils, Capras and the Pride Saturday night. And then Sunday... Two ten. the match you'll be able to see on uh, free-to-air television, on uh, KO as well, as Q Plus is the South slogan magpies up against the Burley Bears. And I thought uh, it's been a few weeks. We should catch up with the coach of the Burley Bears to see how things are going on the coast. And Rick Stone joins me now. G'day, Rick. How are you?
3: Afternoon, Mark. How are you doing?
2: I'm well, thank you, mate. Uh, Weekend off last week. Uh, How did you and the team spend that?
3: Yeah, we took the weekend off, train Friday, uh, took the weekend off and come back fresh for a training session uh, last night. So, yeah, everything everything's good. I mean, it's probably not ideal for us. Uh, we had a, a loss against Tweed at a week off and then we played um, PNG the following week and then had another week off. So it's been a bit spasmodic in the last couple of weeks, but you can only manage, I suppose, the draw that's put in front of you and we take the opportunity to give the boys a bit of a freshen up um, during the week off.
2: I was going to ask you about that because, uh, you know, you did have the Easter weekend off before Anzac Day Monday clash against the Hunters and then another weekend off. How do you, as a coach, try and get your players to to maintain a rhythm but also to allow them to freshen up a little bit?
3: Yeah, well, we took actually a full week off over Easter. So they went from Wednesday to Wednesday, um, come back and, and prepared for the, the Kumuls game, which was on the Monday, and then... Train Wednesday, Friday, and then back back on Monday after having Saturday, Sunday off. So hopefully we're in a little bit of rhythm now. We've got a couple of games in our row before we have another week off. So well, look, I don't mind the week off. I think after four or five games, probably a week off is ideal for for our game and the physicality of our game. Um, but yeah, it's hard to get a bit of a rhythm, I suppose, when you when you play one have a week off, play one, have a week off. So hopefully we're through that period now when we're into a little bit of a a period where we can get some consistency.
2: Well, there's four teams on top of the table at the moment on 10 points. So The Falcons have played the extra game. Uh, Does the position on the table with four wins and a loss for the Bears reflect um, how happy you are in the way the team has performed over the first uh, five weeks of the competition?
3: Yeah, look, we've been pretty consistent. Obviously, we had a a down week when we played Seagulls and they they had a really good first half and we were were a little bit slow out of the blocks and, you know, we got beat convincingly that day. Um, Apart from that, our effort's been pretty good. Our consistency's been pretty good. We haven't quite put two halves together as well as we would have liked just yet. But, um, yeah, we've done enough to win a few games, which is good. And it's always important to get a few points under your belt at this time of year. Um, Hopefully it allows you to play a little bit freer once once those combinations come together after five to six six weeks.
2: Have you kept an eye on teams that you haven't played in much of the competition or you've just been focusing on on your games uh, so far? The reason for the question is uh, we've got four teams, as I mentioned, on 10. We've got the Tigers on nine and the Blackhawks on eight. Uh, there's teams playing good, pretty good footy to start the year.
3: Yeah, there is. Absolutely. Yeah, keep it. You know, a quiet eye on most of the teams in the competition, how the results sort of fall. Don't sort of dwell into, you know, doing heaps of study until we really have to. Um, But, yeah, it's always a good, solid competition, the Queensland Cup. And, you know, obviously, there's been a few different teams sort of pop up at the start of this year that are showing some good form, which is great. And, um, you know, you know, regardless of who you play, you've got to turn up and make sure you play well. And, you know, if you're going to get two points, that's how it is
2: is there a team that's impressed you the most that you've played so far this year?
3: Um, look, yeah, Se- Seagulls were good in the half they've played, but they've had a couple of losses as well. Um, we had a good, tough game against Townsville. Townsville, you know, obviously had some good results. We're having a bit of a look at East. Obviously, East have done well at the start of the year. So, um, look, we, we concentrate ourselves a little bit more. Um, and at this time of year, the competition's still balancing up. I think you'll find after ten sort of eight to ten weeks, you'll have a little bit more of a feel once everyone's nearly played everyone. you'll have a little bit more of a feel what the competition looks like and you know and, and a bit more consistency in in results.
2: Yeah, I always find that 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 is the diff- one of the differences too between the Q cup the uh, host Plus cup and the NrL. We sort of get a feel after the first month, five weeks of the NRL where teams are at. But because of the Host Plus Cup with players going in and out of teams, because of NRL commitments and and the travel, et cetera, et cetera, um, it, it sometimes takes a little bit longer to, to teams to sort themselves out, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, it does indeed. Yeah, I coached a team in, in uh, New South Wales Cup before that won their first seven, lost their next seven, and won their next seven, <laughs> you know, and ended up finishing third in the competition. So. It, it can really fluctuate with, um, you know, the quality of your team and, and particularly your feeder club and, and what particular players are available on a, any given weekend.
2: What about Souths this weekend? What are you
3: expecting there? Um, yeah, having a, having a little look at them, obviously their game against Winham when they won 24-18. Uh, last time they played was a pretty impressive performance. I, I still feel Winham will bigger in the competition somewhere um, in the semi-finals and you know to beat them at Cougar o was a really good win their back line's got plenty of strike you know they've got a few players that can make a bit of a difference and um, outside backs that got some real quality in their finishes and their forward facts underrated really underrated and um, you know they, they put together a real good performance against Wynnum which which for me gives me an indication they're going to be there about they probably haven't um, won as many games they would have liked to date but um Obviously, again, depending on some of their NRL sort of players' availability, um, we'll, we'll see what lines up on Sunday at South.
2: Yeah, well, that's the uh, same for you guys, isn't it, with regards to the teams will be named this afternoon? But the reality is, it, it, in this competition, you're not really sure until you get your players back from the NRL as to who's going to play on the weekend.
3: Yeah, generally for us, it's probably our last training session when those players come back to us. Um, you know, things are always juggling, even... even uh, the week before, where we had a few players pull out the day before the game, before the P and G game, Corey Thompson was due to play with us, and so was Herman SESI, but both didn't play after some results the night before. So that's just part and parcel of the feeder club situation, and mm. we sort of try and not look too far into it. We'll get an idea who we who we um, are likely to get after they name their team this week, but we won't sort of, I suppose, fully commit to that particular team till till we train the day before the game.
2: But you're used to that and the players that are with you permanently. You've become accustomed to that by now, haven't you?
3: Yeah, yeah. the boys have to. And sometimes there's some disappointments when there's some late changes and late boys come back. Um, I think everyone understands that generally you have a few more players at the beginning of the year. And as both teams get a few more injuries, you know some of those players become less and less. But we've got a few younger players in the Titan system at this point in time. Tony Francis, Lockheed Khan, Pereira two sort of younger blokes and probably Isaac Farsumali um, and and Jacob Ailey that are probably fairly new to this sort of squad and um, are likely to play with us Um, and also Shailen Fuller's another one who's injured at the moment are likely to play with us before they play at the NRL at this point in time so we've been lucky enough to have the services of some of those boys this year and they've done a real job for us. You mentioned uh,
2: Wynnum and the loss to the Magpies and where they are on the table but you also look at where Southsar and Tweed and particularly the Dolphins down there in 13th position I suppose wary is the word you use uh, when you talk about clubs like Redcliffe who might be in a position they're not accustomed to you know there's going to be a bounce back for those teams as well don't you
3: Yeah, you'd like to think so I don't think you do yourself any justice by having a look at the table at this time of year um, you know concentrate on how you can prepare the best and um, understand that the competition that you're likely to get is going to be competitive, so making sure you do that as good as you can is important. Um, so yeah, look like I said earlier, I don't think you look at the table too much. Like I said, after ten or twelve rounds, you get a little bit more idea what the table looks like, and and probably um, once the competition balances up. But every team's competitive on their day, and in the, in the nature of our competition and the feeder stuff that we've spoken about, it, it can fluctuate massively from week to week.
2: Well, it's been a good start of the year for the Burley Bears. Sitting on top of the table there on 10 points with the Falcons, the Devils and the Capras with this game on the weekend in hand. It is on Sunday afternoon at 10 past two uh, against South Logan. We wish you the best of luck, mate, and uh, we'll chat again, no doubt, throughout the year.
3: No problem, Mark. Thanks for having us.
2: There is Rick Stone, the coach of the Burley Bears, getting ready for what should be a cracking game on Sunday afternoon. A good win for the Magpies last weekend over Wynnum, which has uh, moved them up the table a little bit. They also, South Logan's other points have come from a draw uh, with the Brisbane Tigers. So they've beaten, they've got some good scalps there, but the Bears, if they win on Sunday, will go back on top of the table with uh, the Sunshine Coast Falcons having that game in hand because this week Townsville, the Cutters, the Dolphins, the Falcons, the Jets, Tweed, The Tigers and Winham all have their bye. Just the three games this weekend in the Host Plus Cup, but they're three cracking games as well. And And this is the Host Plus Cup Show. All thanks to Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. We'll take a break and be back with more. We're back. It's the Host Plus Cup Show on SEN. Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. Mark Braybrook on this Wednesday afternoon. As we were just discussing with Dave Maiden there, the Malmeninger Cup Grand Final on Sunday was played at Sunshine Coast Stadium. A couple of weeks ago on the program, we spoke to the coach of the South Logan Magpies, Carmichael Hunt. I think that was before um, the grand final was decided who they were going to be playing. Uh, I think it was even before the semifinal. Well, they got through to the grand final and won it on the weekend in triumphant style over at Townsville at Sunny Coast, as I mentioned. I've got the winning coach online. Carmichael, thanks for your time again, mate. Congratulations.
4: Uh, my pleasure, Mark. Thank you very much. It was... Um You know, a great sort of first-time experience for me as a coach and obviously to be able to win uh, the grand final against Townsville or Classy Townsville outfit on the weekend was um, a special end to the season for us.
2: What were the emotions like throughout the game? You open up to a big lead um, and then Townsville, as you would expect, hit back. What were the emotions like?
4: Oh, mate, like it's been all year, like a roller coaster. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know know if this is the normal for 18-year-old sort of team coaches, but... You know, uh, as you mentioned, um, on the weekend, we had a terrific start. I think we are up sort of 26-6 or something similar uh, at halftime. But as you mentioned, to Townsville's credit and to every team's credit uh, that we've had to sort of lead against this year, they've always fought back and... You know, I can't. You know, I must admit. You know, we kind of make it hard on ourselves at times. uh, Just with sort of basic errors, but I guess that's part of the learning process for a lot of these young kids. Is is just being able to finish off games and sort of, you know, be be quite diligent with your skills right throughout the contest rather than just in short bursts. But um, we got there in the end. uh, We were smiling, which is uh, you know, which was the plan heading into the game, but it didn't look like that. uh, You know, moments throughout.
2: How did you cope throughout the game? I mean, were you calm? Are you get a bit edgy? Or what was it like for you?
4: Um, you know, what I'm figuring out about myself is, well, especially at this first kind of stage of my coaching career, I'm quite uh, attached to what's happening with uh, on the field. So, I, you know, I have to say I'm quite an emotional kind of coach at this point in time. I, I kind of stand behind the uh, field, a bit behind the goalposts, and I sort of pace up and back and sort of try and get behind and sort of, you know, talk to my assistant coaches and whatnot. But... I don't know, maybe that might temper a little bit because uh, I might probably just burn myself out if I keep carrying on like that uh, as the years <laughs> go on. But um, so far, uh, you know, that's sort of how I'm, how I'm going about my business. Well, winning
2: a premiership in your first year as a coach uh, at that level um, is outstanding. Uh, it may actually uh, have rose-coloured glasses, but how do you rate your first season as a coach? What have you learnt along the way?
4: Yeah, thank you. Uh yeah, and you know too right, I've been asked that question, uh, you know, in terms about you know, tasting this kind of success so early on and whether or not it's gonna be a gift or a curse. I guess time will time will be this sort of teller there. But um I guess I mean I, you know, I, I headed into November one, start a pre sort of without too much expectation on myself as a coach, being first time coach and you know, I just wanted to see how I could communicate with the with the group and see whether or not my I guess, coaching methods or the style of footy that I wanted to play would be able to translate in such a short period of time. But I guess what I have learned about myself is that I'm able to to do those things and I was able to get the team up and running, albeit obviously with the help of our assistants. And, um, you know, I have to say, I guess, you know, sort of being undefeated and winning, uh, you know, winning the competition uh, was such a, you know, I guess, good bunch of boys is considered success in my eyes, but um, it's obviously just the first stage of my career and I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, sort of comes ahead in the future.
2: And you've had some uh, quality young players there. Uh, what about the skill level? When you came in, were you surprised at the skill level? Did you have to work on it? What, what was it, What's it like now for, for players who are 18 years of age making their way in the game? What are their levels like compared to, say, when you, you first started playing the game?
4: Oh, I think uh sort of right across the board of positional groups uh in the team, you know, outside backs, middles, um, hookers and whatnot, like the skill level is a lot higher um compared <laughs> to when I was coming through, but in saying that it's you know, it's sort of a developmental level. You know, the sixteen, seventy, eight is where there's skills that still needed to be refined. So, I mean, I just spent majority of preseason just working on their basic skills and, and understanding of the game and conditioning and you know, as, as the sort of year wore on, or as we started getting closer to the start of the season, we started to sort of implement more tactics, X's and O's. But um, you know, I, I was impressed with, I guess, their their mental resolve and, and their conditioning levels. The group, sorry, my group. But um, you know, as I, as I mentioned, we had to do a lot of work on their sort of catch pass and. And whatnot, but um, thankfully they were a receptive bunch of boys that just wanted to learn and work away at their craft. And you know, for their credit, I guess it was their hard work uh, which got them to win in the end.
2: I know you've most probably been asked this question, but full time on on Sunday, what was the immediate emotion that you felt?
4: Yeah, I was definitely different to the emotion uh, after the Norse game. Uh, I, I guess. You know, being totally honest, that that Norse win two weeks uh, a week prior up at the sunny coast was was a lot more, um, I guess, emotional and, and sense of joy. Whereas on the weekend, it was almost you know, a bit more of a relief, so to speak. Um, but in, in saying that, I was no more happier for the guys. Uh, you know, we, we we celebrated and, you know, it was just really good to get it from a coaching perspective, seeing how much joy the wind brought them and, and how much it meant to them and their families. And, you know, they got the old uh, the Gatorade shower on the shed afterwards, which I wasn't too happy about. My shoes are just drying out now. But, um, you know, all those experiences first time around were, were really pleasing for me to experience as a coach. So you're um, really grateful for the opportunity to be able to coach these young bunch of men.
2: Yeah. And the thing about coaching an underage side too is that uh, they get older. So therefore, if you stay with, you know, the Mal-Meninga Cup, uh, most of those players won't be eligible next year, will they? So you're sort of in a transitionary period there with players coming and going, you, you'll find that uh, you can't uh, keep them together. Has uh, that sunk in yet?
4: Yeah, I mean, well, whoever sort of coaches them next year, we'll probably have to deal with that problem. I'm not too sure if I'll um, I'll be around, but in saying that, look, you know, we definitely had a handful of sort of core players that um, that are of age and that won't be able to return next year, but there was quite a large chunk of the squad that were underage and okay. they will be able to sort of play again next year, which is pleasing for the club because you know, obviously, as you mentioned, like, yeah, you know, that that experience you can't buy in terms of you know, being a part of a winning team and for them to be able to return next year, whether hopefully it is at South, um, it's going to put them in good stead with whoever's sort of taking control of the team next year.
2: Okay. Well, where to then for you now, then what, what's the the future hold?
4: Oh man, I'm not too sure. Uh, at this point uh, in time, I'm, you know, I've just got some duties still with South, uh, you know, I'm helping Steve Brotherland out with the Q cup team um, and I'm sort of handling their well-being and education role too. So, and I'll just keep, Keep doing doing my roles that I got there at the moment. I just reassess at the end of it or towards the back end of the year and see what happens and see what's available. I guess.
2: So did you enjoy it enough to want to keep doing it?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I um, that's part of the reason for me to sort of come back at, at at this junior level. Although it's obviously an elite 18s competition, was just to obviously find out whether or not I like coaching, uh, whether or not I could have some potential as a coach. And, you know, for, for me, I, like, I had to tick those boxes. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to continuing on in this this post-footy career.
2: Well, mate, thank you so much for your time, not only today, but a couple of weeks ago. It's really great to chat with you. Congratulations on the success of your team and uh, South slogan and good luck uh, with the Magpies throughout the year and hopefully we'll catch up again down the track.
4: Thank you, Mark. I appreciate that. Good on you, take Mark. Care.
2: Carmichael Hunt there, who is uh, the coach, the uh, premiership winning coach with the South Logan Magpies and the Malmeninga Cup. Uh, we're take a break here on the Host Plus Cup show because other side of the break, we're going to continue. I'm going to chat with Brad Henderson, who is the coach of the Sunshine Coast Falcons. They've had a, a pretty good start to the season. In fact, good enough to see them on top of the table. I know they've played one game than, uh, more than a lot of teams uh, that are level with them on 10. They may be overtaken this weekend, but it has been an encouraging start at the Sunshine Coast Falcons. It is a huge rugby league area on the sunny coast. They have that association with the Melbourne Storm uh, but rugby league is thriving on the Sunshine Coast and their Host Plus Cup team sits on top of the table. So we will chat with the coach of the Sunshine Coast Falcons Brad Henderson after this break on the Host Plus Cup show on this Wednesday afternoon. A break and back with more. We're back. It's the Host Plus Cup Show on SEN. Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians. Mark Braybrook on this Wednesday afternoon. Well, as we mentioned earlier in the program with Dave Maiden, the Sunshine Coast Falcons sit on top of the Host Plus Cup table after a good win over Ipswich. It's been a terrific start to the season for them. And we've sort of alluded to the fact that maybe they've joined under the radar a little bit because their form has been good. We've been focusing on some other teams, but I thought it was about time we had a chat with their coach, Brad Henderson, to find out what he has uh, in his mind about how his team is going in the first six weeks of the Host Plus Cup. And he joins me on the line now. Brad, thanks very much for your time, mate. Welcome to the program.
0: Yeah, thanks, Mark. Great to be here.
2: You are sitting on top of the table, so congratulations. Uh, it's been a good start to the year. Are you happy with the way you are playing as opposed to where you are on the table?
0: Uh, look, yeah, probably more happy with where we sit rather than uh, what we've done so far. Um, but, you know, we I guess probably uh, expectation was always that we were going to uh, be potentially a top eight side, and that's always what you aim for. Uh, as a coach so we we'll have probably sit a little bit higher than what I thought we would this time of the year but I think a lot of that's um, due to the draw. We've got a really tough run coming up and uh, as a coach I'm under no illusions as to how hard it's about to get, that's for sure.
2: Where is an area that you want improvement or is it across the board you know you're about 80% you need to fix up little things is there a, is there a, an area that uh, concerns you more than most if any?
0: No, nah, not really. Uh, I guess it's hard not to go back to the cliches, but we've been really poor with the ball, uh, conceding um, uh, as many errors as anyone. Actually, probably closest worse in the competition. Uh, we're also the most penalised team as well for a long time there. So, um, so those little areas of discipline uh, always need always need work and ironing. And then just our in terms of what we're doing footy wise, um, you know, we've changed a little bit about the way things uh, we did things last year uh, coming into this year. And uh, look, it's it's not quite where it needs to be, but I think the focus is great. Uh, the application from the players is, you know, I just can't fault it. Uh, they put a lot of, uh, I guess, trust in uh, myself and the coaching staff, and, and and they're nailing it at the moment without, um, without it being perfect, that's for sure.
2: And the attitude is the key, isn't it? Uh, you obviously happy with that, and the fact that uh, still a long way to go in the competition, and you don't want to be playing your best football in May. You want to know that there's room for improvement, and that those little fundamentals, those basics, are, are being worked upon to get you right for the end of the year.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's sort of what we've been been touching on. You know, I go back to round two when I was, you know, particularly disappointed. Uh, with our effort on that day, I, I sort of thought no matter what, uh, with this group going through our trials and uh, and even the preseason, I thought no matter what, I know I can lock in effort. Uh, but it uh, it disappeared on that day, uh, so we had a bit of a, I guess, an adjustment, if you will. But um, effort wise, uh, attitude wise, I just can't fault the group. Uh, they're a really tight group too. Um, you know, most clubs are, but uh, these guys are uh, a really really tight knit group. They do a lot together. Um, and so the buy has been great, uh, yeah. but yeah, I don't think we're playing our best footy yet, um, and hopefully, you know, there's there's better to come, that's for sure. We've just got to stay healthy.
2: Happy with the defence?
0: Yeah, yeah, look, um, bits and pieces of it. You know, again, put, you, put your coach's hat on, Yeah, you're, you're never 100% satisfied, you know, I think we can be a lot better on, um, on tackling the footy and, and slowing the process down a little bit, but in terms of uh, our systems. Uh, I think the boys are, are doing a great job there. You know, we can four tries to Ipswich on the weekend, which um, you know they can do that to any team. Is one thing about Ipswich; they can they can score points. Um, but uh, you know, some areas there that I thought uh, I wouldn't say disappointed, but um, you know, red flags mm. when you know you're playing East, East Tigers the following week and they've and got points in them. So uh, every every little chink in your army you show, uh, the opposition is looking to exploit. So we just got to make sure uh, we're correcting uh, those little issues that, that creep in from time to time.
2: And always good to be able to have something to work on, I suppose, something to show the players that, hey, uh, this is an area in which we need to improve.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, in terms of that as well, we got some real depth uh, at the club. Uh, you know, the club was really, I guess, active in terms of recruitment uh, in the off-season and not just recruitment but retention as well. So we've got some really good young uh, locals coming through and blokes that have been at the club for a long time so uh, i think probably as much as it's, it's competitive uh on the weekends uh, in our games it's it's incredibly competitive within the group as to who's going to hold down a spot uh so it's a it's a tough job uh, every tuesday trying to come up with that that right 17 and and keeping everyone happy as well uh which y- you can't always do but uh you know, you've got to try and find that balancing act, making sure we've got a, a good-sized squad getting game time um, You know, because you know injuries are coming. And how
2: important is it for Rugby League on the Sunshine Coast for the Falcons to be uh, successful, be a good side and have that pathway for players to get to uh, host-plus cup level and potentially be seen by the Storm or whoever it may be and have a pathway through to the NRL?
0: Yeah, it's enormous, Mark. I think... Um, you know, particularly uh, through the pre-season uh, meeting with, uh, I, I share a desk or right beside the desk with Chris Flannery. So, you know, we have a lot of conversations and uh, and our pathway is always uh, at the forefront uh, of our planning. That's for sure. Um, we've, we've made it a, a priority to be more involved in terms of development down through our RISE programs that are run by the, obviously, the local league and the QRL, um, you know, from our 13s through to our, our 16s, uh, leading into uh, the... Uh, Silver Connell and the Mal Cup, as well as the Harvey Norman 19 So, I think uh, just our presence involved there and, and making the, the pathway a little bit more clearer uh, and a, you know accessible uh, to the local kids is is really important. And I think we've been um, we've been pretty good with it so far. But you know it's only just started, so we're making sure uh, we got feet on the ground and, and people doing work so that uh, it, it's an obvious uh, option for them.
2: And how is rugby league on the Sunshine Coast? What states is it in?
0: Look, I think it's really good. Um, you know, I, I can only speak from you know my experience, in uh, particular this year. Uh, but um, it, it's in shape, particularly with the juniors. Junior numbers, junior numbers are swelling. Uh, there's some real quality kids coming through. Uh, we've we've got some good 16s, 18s, uh, 19s, girls, uh, and uh, our 21s are going strong. They you know, lost their first game on the weekend. So rugby league's. Strong, You know, the, the local comp uh, is where we send our players back to every week at local A-grade competition so that the players that don't make our, our Queensland Cup squad, they go back there and play local footy and, and the relationships are really good there. So, uh, you know, rugby league's in a good way and supporter base wise, uh, it blows me away. You know, the people we get to the games and the amount of merchandise uh, we're selling. So it's it's in pretty good shape.
2: Well, it helps when jerseys are 20 bucks. I had Chris Flannery on the show a couple of weeks ago, mate. That is outstanding to think you can get a Sunshine Coast Falcons <laughs> yeah. jersey for $20. Well done, Chris Flannery in the Falcons. I mean, to have the fans be able to turn up in the, the gear the players are wearing, I mean, I know it, it sounds a little bit uh, trite or whatever, but I just think it's wonderful to think that your fans or anyone, and he mentioned that the, the, where those jerseys are being sold to around the country and around the world has blown him away mm-hmm. as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. So sometimes we get an order through from, you know, rural New South Wales or something like that. So, uh, which <laughs> it sort of uh, spins you out a little bit, you know, but our connection with Melbourne Storm certainly helps that as well. And mm. Melbourne promote, promote us as well from, from down there. So, uh, that definitely helps. But, you know, I think maybe surplus ordering probably helped with the prices as well.
2: <laughs> oh, yes, but it doesn't matter. It's the initiative taken by Chris to put them up there because most clubs wouldn't uh, wouldn't do that. I just thought, anyway, I've already spoken about that 100%. a couple of weeks ago about how good that is <laughs> and well done, the Falcons. Now, mate, uh, the bye this week, is that a good or bad thing? Because we've had a, a disrupted last couple of weeks with Easter off and then you've had two games in a row now mm. get the bye. Other clubs that are playing this weekend, of course, had game by game by, you're getting a week off. Would mm. you rather be playing this weekend?
0: Yeah, look, I, I think our last bye was really good timing because we, we just played the P&G Hunters and, um, and that's always physically pretty tough, so uh, I was happy with that one. I would, I would have preferred to have been playing football this week again, but um, you know, they, they had to put the byes in uh, just in just in case of COVID, so I guess there's yep. no real good timing on it, but um, uh, you know, East Tigers have the bye as well, so there's no advantage either way there, uh, and as coach too, it's nice to take a little bit of pressure off, um, you know, and, and make sure you have got a little bit extra time to do some prep for the for the next opposition, uh, and also and also your review as well, so you can spend a bit more time on that.
2: So how do you structure the week then? What do the players do with no game this week? You, you would have given I'm assuming some time off over Easter. What happens for them this week?
0: Yeah, uh, just two nights this week. So I had a, a recovery session last night with a, um, a little bit of conditioning in there, but just conditioning games, uh, a good long stretch session uh, in the gym as well. So uh, it's it's definitely a lighter week. And, and on the bye week too, we've got a, a couple of guys that are from New South Wales. We give them the option to get home over the long weekend if they need to. Um, so try and take a, uh, the stress levels down a considerable amount. Mm. Um, but in saying that, some of our boys will will still go in and, and play uh, football for the local competition because we need to make sure they're, they're making tackles and carrying the footy as much as they can when they're not uh, playing cup.
2: Mate, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for it. Uh, congratulations on the start. Good luck for the remainder of the year. No doubt we'll catch up again throughout the year on the Host Plus Cup Show. Really appreciate your time.
0: Yeah, I'd like that. Thanks, Mark.
2: There is Brad Henderson, the coach of the Sunshine Coast Falcons, who have had a terrific start to the year. They sit on top of the table uh, with five wins and a loss, 10 points. They've played um, uh, an extra game than everyone else, so uh, they will potentially be overtaken this week, but they've had a, a good start to the year. There is still a long way to go. No question about that. We will take a break here on the Host Plus Cup Show. In fact, that's all we have time for. Looking up the clock, that's all we have time for. Thanks very much for your company. Don't forget that this weekend uh, on SEN, we've got uh, a game that we're calling myself and Nathan Cross. Should be a ripper. It's going to be the Mackay Cutters up against the Northern Pride in Rockhampton. Big weekend in Rocky. They've got the Archer and everyone heading to the, the footy to watch the Cutters, the home team, um, oh, Central Capras, I should say, when I'm talking about the Mackay Cutters. The Central Capras taking on the Northern Pride this Saturday night. You'll hear that here on SEN. Thanks for your company. Have a great week. This is the Host Plus Cup Show. We'll catch you next Wednesday afternoon.
3: Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why Tire Power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13